Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Adventures into Reality. I am joined once again by my international co-host, Kathy Ma. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's absolutely wonderful again to be here. I do enjoy these shows so much. I feel like we're going to have some great calls today. Oh, yes. Uh, so for people that want to call in, you if you have called in previously, you must wait one full month before you call in again. And for those people that are trying to call in right now, you must wait until we give the phone number to call in. So there is about right now about 35 people trying to call in before the show called in and the numbers were not switched over to us till after we go live. So there are some people that are trying to redial 900 times. Please give everyone else a chance. That is the process that we have here on this radio show is to get as many people as possible to come in. So for those that have not already called and want to call and speak to me and Kathy, they can call in 347-688-2902 or they can use Freedom Screen on Skype for those that are the international callers. So we will be taking callers today. Kathy, you know, last week we had such an interesting collection of eclectic people that, you know, this week we wonder what the wheel of callers is going to bring. I know. I know. Every week is so different, and it's just so interesting. The topics that are raised and the different realms that we explore with different people, it really is awesome to be able to share this with people. I'm going to take this opportunity to let people know, for those of you that are interested in a private session and then want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, please go ahead and call the office now at 360-894-0692, and they will be happy to answer any questions you have. Again, the number for a one-on-one session with Andrew or myself is area code one for America, then three six zero eight nine four oh six nine two. Okay. And for those that might be having trouble dialing the three four seven number, there is an alternate number for this radio show, which is nine five six two one seven zero two six one. For the radio show, nine five six two one seven zero two six one. And the reason we have two lines is because there is an issue with AT&T and T-Mobile cell phones that are trying to call into the digital lines that they don't always go through. So we have got our first set of callers. 925, your name and where you're calling from? I'm calling from California, and my name is May. Hi, May. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi, great. Boy, I tried to get in earlier, and I had the other program on, and go, oh, my goodness, and I thought, I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up. So I'm so glad I got on. I'm really happy I'm talking to you. Very cool. So what kind of questions do you want to start to ask with? Um, Could you tell me about my soul frequency and what I'm supposed to be doing now? Sure. So... I, I, it always begs the question when somebody asks me blind from a first call or what I should be doing now. And the big first bl- obvious answer is, do you know what you're doing right now? Um, I, I have a plan, yes. I, I'm wanting to uh, help people. Um, well, I'm doing feng shui. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to help people with. And also, I'm, I'm a healer. Okay. Well, you said the the magical sparking words, feng shui. And I'm going to come in and and have Kathy come in and talk about 
the setup of business for you because right now there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on in your auric field that is driving you towards success but there are some limitations that you have which are about creation motivation self-inspiration and self-marketing so I'm gonna bring Kathy in here to talk about the feng shui side and the business side and then I'm gonna come in with part of your galactic history thank you so much appreciate that hi May um, very, very interesting question. When I look at your energy, you know, you've just got so many creative ideas there. It's just, you know, like a hodgepodge. It's like a cauldron with all this stuff going in and being mixed up. Um, what I would, uh, well, the first few things I would say is, to me, it looks like you need to be more clear on what it is that your goals are with this. Um, to me, it looks like you've been doing it for a little while, but you really need to do some more research into the broader ranges of exterior environment. Um, how, how long have you been doing feng shui already? Um, well, I was I was interested back in like 2001, and I, you know, wasn't wasn't very good at it. And as the years went by, it became clear because I do the classical feng shui with um, not the bakwa, but the classical where you actually use the compass and it's flying stars and, and the uh, directions for each area changes every year. Mm -hmm. So it's more accurate. Yeah, I've been doing that and I set up, I set that up in my own home, but I also help people set it up in their own homes as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I understand. Um, I would... Uh how can I put this? It's like the interior of a house or an apartment obviously is very important and doing a yearly calculation, of course, is very, very important. Um, but to me, um, it looks like it's your exterior that you're a bit weaker on. Like, um, how can I put this? It's like when when you're looking at all the feng shui elements, you also need to take into a large account the exterior. So it's what you see outside, the views from the window, the views coming into the window, where the roads are outside, or if it's just land or for its wooded area. All that exterior makes a huge difference and influences the interior. So I'd like you to be able to do a little bit more practice with that kind of thing because I think one of the, the challenges that you face with people that you've done things for is that you've set up an interior, but you haven't taken into account fully all the exterior. And that's where there is a bit of um, in and out because your exterior is affecting the interior and your interior isn't strong enough to counteract the exterior, if you understand what I mean. Did I explain yes. that well? Yes, I, I understand what you mean because um, that, that's true. You do need to look at the outside and if there's any like poison arrows where the mountains are where the waters are and you do need to look like what's behind you and to see if there's any dragon lines and etc yeah yes I, yes I, all I, that and even as basic as the driveway the slope the steps that go into the house the actual yeah. entranceway the door the exterior angle of that all this you know does take into account things. So when you do um, go and look at someone's place, I would also probably suggest that you say to them that, you know, there is certain exterior influences which you cannot do anything about. You know, for example, if they live on the top of a giant slope, I mean, beyond 
really building up a humongous driveway. There's nothing you can do for that. And once you are living on that kind of situation, of course, all your money will always run out no matter what you do. So people's expectation has to be mastered at the beginning as well because, you know, you're not a miracle worker. Um, And as much as you can do inside, the exterior does make a huge difference. And most people don't tend to hear that. I mean, you might say it, but in their brain it isn't registering. You need to kind of almost shake them at the beginning to say, these are all the challenges that you will face. We'll try and overcome as much as possible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because that's right. I think yes. some of the feedback you're getting, when I look at it, is that they have unfairly said, you know, well, you said that blah, blah, my prosperity spot. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> what about this giant slope? <laughs> yeah. And they're not, they're not comprehending that because um, you need to explain that better to people um, so that they uh, can manage their expectations um and and this is a a common thing especially in the western uh, environment because people are not used to feng shui and all the environmental elements so they don't completely comprehend everything so the more that you can explain to them the limitations of where they are the easier it is for them to understand that and then of course you know when i look at your energy i think well, what I'm seeing is that you've set the energy up and the interior for one or two people at the time, but then they've had visitors that have come for like two months. So once you have a third person or fourth person that's entering that whole environment, it changes everything as well. So that's another thing to tell people as well. It's like, this is set up for you or you and your wife or or whatever. But if you invite people over, this does influence everything inside. And, you know, that apart from their... The, their uh, numerology and the year they're born and the, the outside influence that they bring into your home, it's also the stuff that you're like supposed to not touch or remember to put down that they wouldn't know and then they inadvertently will affect your feng shui inside. I find this very interesting that you, you're, you're doing this and that you managed to get through to us right now because we're just in the process of finishing off and um, developing a uh, Feng Shui product that we've done. We actually got a Feng Shui Sifu from Hong Kong to talk with us and we've got a whole thing that you, I'm sure you'll find very interesting because he's um, very knowledgeable and he's explained it very well. Um, but he also talks about the outside influence of things as well. So when we put that product out, which will be very soon, please do take a look at it because you will find that very helpful, not only in terms of your own knowledge, but in how to explain it to people because you've got all this knowledge in your head and it's, you know, like the same thing, the cauldron, but because you're talking to people that really have no, uh, I mean, they might have a basic concept of what you do, but they don't really have that vast wealth of knowledge. So it's very difficult to find the words to explain to them and have them truly understand it because often you'll find when I look at you and your energy, I can see a lot of times you might spend 10 minutes explaining something and, and you say, do you understand? They'll go, oh, yeah, 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 I, I get it. But in actual fact, they didn't understand, but they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know how to tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because you're already talking at a higher level for them. In a way, you have to dummy some of it down for them. And no need to explain the great detail of how you do the calculations. All they need to know is the grid, where to put the stuff. Don't put the fan here. Um, 
keep it simple for people because the more you can keep it simple for people and they can see some results, that's all that they need. Once they're like a more steady client over a couple of years, then you can go into more intricate things with them. Um, and, and that's one of the, the skills that you need to acquire because you're well, too in your head. what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to come up with something that's very, very simple that mm -hmm. is due with the nine squares. And then I would, call, like, I would let them know what goes in each, I'll call it a box, but it's a direction. Yes. And how they can um, demarcate that in their home. But, yes, the, out, the outside is very important as well. And then uh, someone does need to physically look at it to see if it's a T-bar, because, as you know, a T-bar, all the energy is coming down to one end, and it's just too much. And you either have to put a fence there or some bushes. Like, there, there are ways to counteract the uh, outside influences. But sometimes you can't move a tree, and the tree's there, and you would just put the bakwa outside to deflect off the tree because it's like a poison arrow coming into the home. It's a cutting energy. So that that is why um, that's important to look at the outside. I understand what you're saying. Yes, mm. I do. When, when you're using the bakwa, though, you have to be very, very careful because that is a very antagonistic way as well to to deflect energy. Um, typically, you would use it in a situation more like with hospitals or cemeteries, not necessarily just a tree, because a tree itself, you know, and I'm not even going to specify what kind of tree, does re represent a lot of things, um, good, both good and bad, but overall it does give you a lot of energy and earth and grounding energy. So depending on the person's birth date um, that's living in the house, you'd probably want to harness it or just get it to move, to flow to a different direction rather than deflect it. Because yeah. once you start deflecting it towards a tree, and, and I'm assuming you don't mean like a very sick decaying tree, um, no. then you, you already inadvertently do influence the rest of the energies around the house. And then just because the tree is there, there are also things behind the tree that the bakwa would influence as well. So it, it's not a an ideal solution to be using for a nature-based mm -hmm. um, problem. Um, there, are, um, there are other, other methods that you could use that might be a bit more, let's call it environmentally friendly. <laughs> okay. Do you have any suggestions on that as, as an idea? of what can be used instead of the bakwa like is there let, something let me, else let me let me step in here real quick and, and give you some understanding from your galactic history records um you have a series of lifetimes where you were a feng shui master going back as far as 4000 bc so you've done this really? path uh, dozens and dozens of time and made it to the highest levels of feng shui Oftentimes, as a practitioner, when you reached your highest state, you transited, transited out of the feng shui state and became a, a monk or a meditating master that would travel around the world using feng shui as a teaching process. Your last lifetime in which you were doing this was in the 1920s in Hong Kong. 
um, working for a, a factory owner that was trying to do some form of textile business, and the textile business was failing miserably, and you came in there, redirected some stuff, and started a textile business that started essentially the military uniforms that they were used throughout the rest of World War II. So you are deeply, deeply intertwined with that. But at the same time, oh. you've had you've had lifetimes where you were a wizard, a shaman, an earthquake specialist, a, a weather specialist, so on and so forth. This lifetime, your choice to follow into feng shui is for the express purpose of learning it enough so that you can begin to teach others who at the brand new beginning, you know, intermediate or adept level of how to come into this process as a lifelong journey. It is not something you're intending to take clients on. You're intending to take students on. But to take students on, you have to be the master first. And this is where the do-it-yourself attitude has taken you where you are. The next level is training with someone that has done it for 20 or 30 years. So you can see their lifestyle. Now, Feng Shui has many, many different concepts in it. And I'm not saying spending 10, dedicated the next 10 years but you have to dedicate a year into the business end of it because there are certain scenarios like the Bakwa mirror that come up where inexperience can create something that is negative. And you as the practitioner doesn't want that negativity because it does come back to you. Yes, that's right. You're, you're okay. 100% right on that. Yes, totally agree. I, I do, I do intend to um, take up the feng shui class again. I'm, I am looking for a master. I have yet. I, I have yet to find one that I. They're very have. difficult. Not many feng shui masters come out, and when they take people on, sometimes it's it, it's a decade of process. And other times, you know, here in in the Americas, it's a little a little different. You might be able to find someone that's willing to take on a student, but until that time, your level of practice has to be at your highest impeccability state where you go to parks, you go to all sorts of environmentally engineered places and begin to do your calculations for free by yourself with a a funness in your heart. The beaches, the, the different properties, hotels that you go to, find the common mistakes and the common architecture. Make that part of your focused practice. And within that, You'll see all of the mistakes and the easy ways to make changes. This is where you'll need the higher-end expression of beginning to consult with feng shui masters. You know, you can consult with one and say, hey, my hour session with you really isn't about you face-reading me or doing my this. It's about me understanding the architectures and the buildings around me and what I made to do, be able to do, to have the energies affect me differently. Yes, yes. I totally agree. Agree. I have been looking through the years when I do go to like restaurants and different places, and I can see where they, you know, some Chinese restaurants they do use feng shui. So I, I can see and and I can go, oh, I see why they they've got that situated there. And it's right. and then there are that. times that they are yeah. fake feng shui, which is something can ta- Kathy can talk about in length, where there are objects that are put there and they're not actually feng shui purposes. They they just simulated or emulated when something is actually done in the feng shui process everything else is considered yes that's right the 
whole whole building and the, the whole building, the people that are in there, et cetera, et cetera. Find volunteer coffee shops that allow you to run the numbers on their employees and their business people and don't charge them anything. This is where you're at. You need that practical, practical experience of running the numbers and see how, how the universe has put together some of the most strangest of things. As I said previously, you've done this before and before and before, and your ultimate goal this lifetime as part of your soul mission is to become a feng shui master, a wizard, a shaman, or whatever it is that you're going to decide. It's all energy and the transformation process of energy. Yes, yes, totally. Thank you so much for confirming that, but I, I didn't think that I was uh, a feng shui person. I thought maybe I was more like a healing person, I thought, yeah. Feng shui Thank is healing. Feng shui can cure cancer. Feng shui can cure thousands of different diseases. So you are a healer. Every feng shui master understands that they're a healer innate. Yes, I guess I, you're right. Um, it's healing the body or healing the home and the environment outside. It's or the spirit the enough to change the environment so that the energies are processed and digested correctly instead of creating toxicity. Yes, that's right. And thank you so much for this insight because I had a hard time deciding what I wanted to do next. Um, I want to, you know, uh, go with it with a lot of um, feeling and gusto and I'm ready to take that next step. So. My next step will be um, trying to locate a feng shui master. I, I do have my own feng shui um, consultant, and, and I may speak to him because he had learned since he was 13. And, and you know, just to say, you say again, tell him that you're you're just looking for you know information. Like you know, if you find a coffee shop that allows you to run all their numbers, take it to him and say, did I run these numbers right? Is did I get this right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Darling, yeah. I must move on to the next caller. This has been really special. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great Our, day. You too. Our next caller is 808. Your name and where you're calling from? Hi, my name is Loretta, and I'm calling from Hawaii. Loretta from Hawaii, welcome to the show. We are going to be going to music in about two minutes, so if you hear the music, just hold on. So, Loretta from Hawaii, what kind of questions do you want to ask? Well, we spoke in November, and you shared some things with me, and I was wondering if you could share more. Okay, what did we talk about? Since then, I've probably read about 200 oh, people. I'm, I'm quite sure. Um, I, I shared with you my mother's schizophrenic history and growing up on Long Island and feeling um, stuck between being a push-me-pull-you kind of thing in terms of how do I trust information and where do I go from here and being mentored and... Okay. Have you found any mentors? Have you? What has gone um, on since our last conversation? Um, well, I, I seem to be accepting the um, the more bizarre, I would say. The less not the less tangible, the more esoteric. Doesn't seem to be so frightening. Okay. And I was just wondering if there was any other uh, reasons why I might be in this quandary, other than what I'm overtly seeing, you know, in my own lifetime. Is there something beyond that? No. You're at the point where the transition in the creation of reality takes a high level of personal discipline and self-motivation. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think the most important thing for you to understand since our last session is what is it that you've actually done to change your position, to change the types of energies that you're in? Um, have you been journaling your, your process? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You go back and read those journals on a regular process and, and begin to see with hindsight how much you've grown or changed? I, I probably don't do that as much as I should. Okay. So the nature for today's call is you want to know at what level you've changed since our last conversation? Yes, or if there's other information that might help me uh, come out of this push-me-pull-you kind of state I find myself in. Okay. That is our music. Hold on one second, and we'll be back after the break. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. So we were talking about the scenario that you're going through from the last, the last time you called till now. So you're in a scenario where everything is either a signature frequency match for you or not. And the big teaching about signature frequency matches, if we've reached a layer in our personal development that issues keep coming up over and over and over again, there's some part of energy that is attracting it to yourself that is making the process difficult. This comes under the parasympathetic, the unseen subconscious side of our world that does not want success, that wants us to keep us limited. <coughs> and I think what's going on here with you is a deeper need of going into the internal issues that are in your body. What is going on at the physical level where dense energy and information begins to affect you and draws you out of your protective shell of self-healing and self-nurturing versus information that creates self-healing and self-nurturing? The types of information you consume are, are, or are projected at you from external sources or people. You need to begin to filter out the stuff that keeps holding you back. And understand when you allow that in, you are allowing the law of attraction to bring to you the same subjects and lessons over and over again until you have the power and sovereign self inside to say, no, I do not want to repeat these same things over and over again. Okay. Yes, I, 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 can, I appreciate that. I can see where, as you use the D word, discipline and... Um, Discerning is something I, I need to do more of. I think you need to teach yourself a higher level of discernment where you need to start muscle testing, pendulum work, dowsing work, and make that a part of your everyday process. Where if I, there's do that, a I, don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do it a lot, but yes. I, you have to be disciplined with it. Yeah, that's Very word. disciplined. Well, in your whole I life, what is, what is the thing you are most disciplined about? I can't think of anything where I would say I'm disciplined. Car dri driving a car, making sure you, you don't run into anyone? Oh, well, yeah, I, I try to be safe. And, uh, this is what so I want you to do is to start using your discernment skills on the immediate things that are around you. 
I am a disciplined person enough to not drive and hit people. I am a disciplined person enough to not drive drunk. I'm a disciplined person enough to pay my taxes on time. I'm a disciplined person enough to do this for my children. I'm a disciplined enough person to do that. Why can I not be disciplined enough about the information that's being projected and, and affecting me? You have to take the most logical explanation and see where you already disciplined and take it to the next level and use the process of muscle testing in all of those discerning questions. Only you, only you are the one that can change your frequency. All I can do is present a frequency in which you can match so that your signature frequency changes so that the low-density subject matters don't keep returning to you and returning to you like a magnet attracting its opposite. Got it. Okay. Now I want to bring okay. Kathy in here for, real quick and talk about motivation and inspiration. And then I also wanted to ask you if you could speak about thunder beings. That had been presented to me. Sure, I will after Kathy's had her opportunity. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, hi, Loretta. When you say that you have a, a lot of things that have come up for you and you're kind of looking for direction, um, could you tell me specifically like one thing? Where I'm looking for direction. Mm-hmm. It, it's more like I find a direction, I start off there, and then um, I can't seem to follow through with it. It's kind of like that push me, pull you. I go mm-hmm. three steps forward and four steps back, and it's like it's, there's been like seven steps, and I have only seemed to have gone ahead two. So I don't know if I'm my own worst enemy in that process or. Right. Um, I guess I I was looking more for like an example, like, you know, is it you wanted to take out knitting and you couldn't do it, you know? Well, I've got all these art supplies and I can't seem to get myself into actually doing it. Mm. And I don't understand that. Okay, so you're talking more of the everyday nitty-gritty getting things done. this this seems to be a lot that's everywhere. It's not just in my everyday. I just seem to be in a deep rut. Mm, mm. Okay, okay. When I look at your energy, to me, it looks like you've got a lot of of things going on. You have a lot of distractions. I ask you the specific question because, to me, it seems like you have difficulty focusing on anything. It's almost like you've got ADD, you know. It's like um, whatever you do, it seems to be... Um, you're distracted, like, I'll make this up. It's like, oh, I must go and remember to put the kettle on because so, I want a cup of tea. But as you walk to the kitchen to put the kettle on, you're like, oh, look at that dust there on the floorboard. I must wipe that. And then after that, you're yeah. like, oh, oh, where's the sugar? Oh, no, I moved it. And then you go to the pantry and, oh, look, this is so messy. I must clean up my pantry. And you never get to the cup of tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um too many distractions, yes, yes, yes. too easily right. distracted, but to me it looks like over everyday things more than, let's call it, big conceptual things. So I'd say my, my suggestion is let's deal with the small stuff first. And I totally agree with Andrew. You, you need to focus more on discipline and focusing. So every morning when you get up and you're having your coffee and you finally got to the coffee maker and you've made that cup of coffee, sit down for five minutes and write down the first three things that you need to achieve for that day, that must be achieved that day. And I know this sounds very like, you know, like a school kid, but 
for you, it's an exercise in concentration. So whether it's call your mum, uh, take the dry cleaning in and buy that tablecloth, whatever it is for that day, what is your three top achievable goals? And write them down. And make sure before you go to bed that you do them or for some magical reason you couldn't do it, it must go on the list for the next day. Okay, so every day if you can achieve those three things, you will already start to practice your focusing and your distraction level will be slightly decreased. If you keep doing this every day for let's say three to four weeks, you will find yourself being upset with yourself because you don't seem to have achieved much in terms of what you wanted to do overall. But then if you went back and you looked at your list of every day, you could see that actually you did achieve a lot. It's just because you wanted to do 100 things in that day that you feel like you haven't achieved it because you couldn't possibly do 100. And with the distractions that are going on for you, there was just, you know, you'd be lucky to do 20. So it's finding a way for you to also see that you can achieve things, you can complete them, you can do them. And but just by having that will give you a day-to-day more clarity. And by having that day-to-day more clarity, you will instinctively already feel like, oh, okay, so I'm just at a phase in my life where it's just getting a bit weird and hard. So as long as I focus, I can achieve these things. And the more that you can do that, the more that you will become much more positive in the way you view yourself because you can achieve things. You also need to take into account what kind of goals are you setting for yourself. Are you setting goals that are too hard for you to succeed at? So again, let's go back to the three things that you're going to achieve every day. Keep it simple. Keep it achievable. Focus on not distracting yourself. Does this make sense for you? Yes, I I see the wisdom in that. It's it's all about, it's like going back to basics. It is like going to school. Once you can do that, then you can add five things. Then you've mastered five things. You can add seven. You know what I mean? You just have to work up to it. But at the moment, you've just got too much going on, too many distractions. And you have to just put, what do you call it, the well, blinkers on, like a horse, a racing horse. Put the blinkers on and don't look everywhere else. <laughs> look at your list. Like... Don't worry about the pantry. Don't worry about that dust. Don't worry about someone calling you about something you need to borrow. All of that is not important. What is important is your list. Okay. Because I can do that. We, we must move on to the next, the next caller already, but thank you for calling back. Thank you, Andrew. All right. You have a really good day. Next caller Bye. is 504. Your name and where you're calling from? Uh, yes, sir. My name is uh, Matt, and I'm calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. Matt from New Orleans, Louisiana. Hold on there one second. I got a message from my, my producer, Laura Lee. So anyone that is trying to call in that is calling on blocked phone numbers, you are not going to be able to get through the, the, to the call list if you are calling with a blocked or unknown phone number because we used your first three digits of your area code to get through. So for those 11-plus people that are calling with unknown blocked phone numbers, you aren't going to get through the show. So, Matt from New Orleans, what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Uh, first, I just want to say thank you, Andrew and Kathy, for doing a show like this to really help people. I, I just have some small 
little questions and just one big one and I'll be out of here. I just wanted to ask, um, what's the general grand total of how many past lives have I had? An infinite amount. You you are all of your past, present, and future lives simultaneously existing, and that's one of the most main teachings of of every esoteric organization that's, that's in existence right now. You've had billions upon billions upon billions, almost to the point of innumerable concepts, because you don't need to live one lifetime at a time. There could be a moment in 8,000 BC where you're 200 lives simultaneously living in human bodies. Does that count as one life? The Akashic Record sees everything as an experiential Oh, we are back. There we go. Something happened there for a second. So absolutely everything, you know, like I said, you could have 200 lifetimes in, in 8,080 or 8,000 lifetimes in 1 million BC. So life is based off of the value of the experience and the colors that we bring in. Wow. Okay. Great. Uh, what's the best way to clean uh, your crystals? You said like maybe an Epsom salt bath? Depending on the crystals, some crystals react very negative to Epsom salt and they begin to break down, like fluorite and a couple others. Um, sunlight is one of the, the very impressive ways, you know, getting them to have as much direct on sunlight so the crystals themselves go from a cool temperature to the radiant temperature of the outside of the sun. And then as they begin to reflect and gain heat, they actually will, will, will clear themselves. Um, reading prayers to them, bringing the guides in them, asking the crystal and mineral community to, to, to come in and help clear out the frequency. So those are intent-based. And then there are ritual-based where you can start a, a fire by intention, that is to place your crystals around it, and that the crystals become get to tell their story to the fire. The more time that they're spent in the, near a, an actual fire, which is a fireplace, and you put a whole bunch of them out there with the guided and intent, um, doing meditations with them to clear them out and to bring them into your special sacred places, giving them purpose when they don't have purpose is a very special way of clearing a crystal of its old frequencies and retasking it for something new. Okay, great. So... Uh I'll work on all those different things. You know, you had a food revocation uh, back in one of your January episodes. I was just wondering if you can maybe put that on your website to go over the food with before I eat it. Oh, the the food revocation. There, there, there's a, a bunch of different ones that 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 are done done for that, and that's something in the moment. Um, you know, I'll have to take a look into that, but there's, there's been a bunch of different ones that, you know, people have asked me the same thing, you know, what can I do for my food? It's all about the level of divine inspiration that you're going to have in that moment to ask that the food be cleared, be cleansed, um, that the true radiant frequency of the plant that created it now comes into your signature frequencies and shares your experience of eating, shares your experience of life, which goes back to the original plant, whether it's live or dead doesn't matter. It's all about the cycle of life. So understanding the philosophies helps the poetic prose of prayer create the level of guided intention that brings pure belief healing to one's own self during the food process. Okay, thank you for that information. Just one last question. Um, Do I have any contracts on me that are hindering, hurting me, or helping me, and how to get rid of them? We all have contracts that hinder and help us. And I think that when it comes to whatever spiritual contracts that you'll you'll have to understand that um, 
being aware of spiritual contracts is one thing. Doing something with them if you perceive them to be negative is supposed to be the neutral affair. At times, we have to not be neutral and be in a little polarity because something may be desperately affecting us, like like a haunting or an ancestral karma that's coming from the family that you know is recreating some form of trauma or abuse. I think in your life right now, the biggest contracts that you have that aren't getting you going forward are the ones that you have with your own highest form of creation and inspiration like the artist that's truly inspired to go and paint every day or the writer who's truly inspired to write a book twice a year or the musician who wants to learn to play five musical instruments that you have spiritual contracts with your higher self and external teachers and entities that are there to inspire you to the highest layers I think in hundreds of other lifetimes you've been such an inspired and creative person that you broke your glass ceiling hundreds and hundreds of times and that this lifetime where all the technology and networking capabilities are there that you have to break your your thousand previous moments of breaking the glass ceiling as whether it's a wizard or an artist or a poet or anything of anything else that the highest form of creation co-creation inspiration and dreams will be your challenge so that you can manifest something in this world that actually creates a process of healing change philosophy or something that impacts the reality in a way that helps it move forward instead of staying still or moving in reverse okay that makes a lot of sense all right well, thank I you so bring, much, Andrew. Hold on, hold on, hold, hold on there. Okay. I want to bring Ka- I want to bring Kathy in here for a second because there's a little bit sure. more. Um, I'll I'll talk about after Kathy's had an opportunity to talk to you. Sure. Mm. Um, you know, I look at your energy, and there's a lot of stuff that seems to be going on with you, like under the surface, like undercurrents. It's like you've got a lot of, um, you know, people that are. Uh, giving you suggestions it's almost like a subliminal suggestion everywhere and although you're not that aware of it you're you're very influenced by other people um and what they're thinking and you know to me it looks like the last six months occasionally you've just got these strange ideas in your head and you're like where'd they come from you know like you just don't know where these random thoughts are coming from and for me i'd say you're a very open receptive receptor let's call it so you're taking on board a lot of people's um energies their moods their concepts their little subliminal messages without even realizing it and in some way you're internalizing this so one of the things i would like for you to do is in in many ways is make yourself a bit more closed not so open to to this outside influence let's call it because you as your own being you're just such a pure light you know you're such a joy to look at and it's very fulfilling and by having all this little subliminally stuff that's that's coming in it's like clogging up your channel you know and putting thoughts into your head that really don't need to be there and i'm not saying people are deliberately doing this or bad vibing you and things like that it's just that because you're such a, a clear channel as you are you really need to maintain that integrity within yourself because, you know, there's thousands of us out there that would love to be able to be this clean, clean and clear channel that you are as uh, just naturally. And it's just such shame to see you being <clears throat> uh, susceptible to the, all this sort of stuff because 
we would work for years and years and years to achieve that clarity that you already have. And <laughs> it's so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So what would you say would be some exercises that I can do to close myself to this? I think um, one of the basic things I would do is try to turn off. And by turn off, I mean don't listen to people. Um, and by don't listen to people, I mean if you're just walking down the street, don't don't listen to any conversations. Don't be too curious about shops. Just be within yourself. The more that you can train yourself to not listen to outside noises. I mean, of course, you know, listen for cars that are coming. I mean, don't be dangerous. <laughs> but right. I mean, it's 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 the chitter chatter. You know, it's everyone's chitter chatter. And when you when you're going out and you're in a restaurant and it's a let's call it a subliminal thing. You're at a restaurant, you're enjoying your meal. There's a couple across the table. They're moaning, groaning about someone, moan, 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 and they're bad vibing you by default. But the, part of you can hear half their conversation because you're not eavesdropping. It's just that they're too close, right? So in those kind of situations, same thing. Imagine literally you turn your ears off. Don't listen. If you have to force yourself to listen to some music and put earphones in and, and look strange or, or rude, then do that. Whatever it is for you that you can turn your hearing off when it isn't required is what you should be doing. Because the less that you hear, the less that you will take on board on any level. Because, like, say, even if it's, you know, people walking down the street, they're really bad, you've got terrible vibes everywhere. The fact that you don't notice them as a being uh, you don't register them as a being beyond just a pedestrian in your way. That will, your own automatic protection or let's call it shield will already be up because you're you're looking at things like, oh, don't trip over the pavement. Oh, is that the time I must do blah, 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 you know. Like you're in your own space doing your own thing, um, but of course being safe as you do it. Okay, great. I'll practice that. Yeah, that, that, that is something that I think you'll find will give you a lot more, um, dare I say it, inner peace. I mean, not that you're not peaceful now, but it's all this this chitter-chatter that's, like, in your way. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll find that no. when, the, when this chitter-chatter decreases, it's much easier for you to achieve things because you, you don't actually get distracted much, but that thought blocks your mind and you can't, get from A to B quickly, as quick as you could, if you didn't have this chitter-chatter around in your head. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Okay. Mm. Thank you. You're so, welcome. One thing that you may want to practice is going out into the most busiest, crowded public area that has a place for you to sit down and actually try to write something. It doesn't matter what it is, but your whole purpose is to ignore all the noise that's surrounding and distracting you. Okay. 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 Like Truly a fun challenge project. yourself to turn off the exterior concepts, much like Kathy is trying, so that you can get into your interior mode. And you may discover something that you have a guide and a guardian that will communicate to you when you have the discipline focus to shut out all of the external sources. Oh, okay. All right. Great. So, all right. Any, thank any you, other guys. questions? No, sir. Thank you. All right. So we'll move on to the next caller. The next caller is 315. Your name and where you're calling from? 
My name is Rosana, and I'm calling from Mexico, from the Pacific Coast. Rosanna from Mexico, the Pacific Coast, welcome to the show. We're going to be going to break in about two, three minutes, so if you hear music, stay on the line. So, Rosanna, what kind of questions do you want to ask? First, I want to thank you for your revocations. You have helped me greatly and a lot of people through me. So, I want to thank you for your purpose and your work. Oh, thank and, you very much. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm, since I'm born, I know that I'm not from this planet. Uh, I miss my home, my family, uh, but I knew I had a purpose and I've been reminded daily almost Then I was here for the purpose of uh, participating in a change and uh, I had to wake up to who I really was and I've been working since then uh, to try to wake up. It's been really hard. Um, I discovered you because I was researching lately in the last three years about the archons and the influence mm -hmm. and they have on humanity. And now I would like to know where I'm from and where, where is next in, in the process. Okay. So, so when I'm looking at your Akashic record, I, I see one main world that you stem from, and that is a, a, a Syrian world. And it's not the Syrian home world. It's one of their their colonies that was geoengineered to be very similar to the Sirius star system home. So it was like a clone of their home planet that was, that was processed. And the name of the world is called Yohona. Yohona. And it, it, to the Syrian people, at one point, the best way to describe it, it was like their New York City of a planet. In, in their local part of the, the galaxy they were in. It was a place of business and a place of commerce, but it was also a place of great education, too. So it was like like a place that many Syrians or non-Syrians, off-worlders, can come and learn the different processes. And mm -hmm. before you came here to Earth with your specific mission and plan to entangle with the timeline processes here, um, you began to understand that... Um, People that were in a lower density frequency can be given a mission and a purpose that was still within their divine co-creative right. And that there are other species out there who had really didn't care about the will of the people that they were trying to affect and the types of technology that they were brought to. So this time frame is about 17 million years ago. And this brought up a process in your soul of learning the, the true divine co-creative spirit um, working together versus something that's given its mission before its birth, has been spiritually influenced before its birth, and during its birth process it has all sorts of imprints that come from off-world scenarios that prevent the natural divine co-creative being that came to a specific world for a specific teachings. Mm -hmm. So you are one of those people that innately understands that the business of the Archons has been practiced for millions of years on thousands and thousands of different worlds. All right, that is our music. Hold on just a second, and we'll be back after the break. And welcome back, everyone. Rosanna, are you there? Uh, fully. Yes. So <laughs> we, were, we were talking before about your Syrian origins. 
uh, with the, mm-hmm. the offshoot of, offshoot of the Syrian origins and like their, how their world was like the New York City, and it was a place so that would teach people about the process of using other density beings that are in a lower frequency than that of how to use them properly and how to not take away from their divine co-creative powers. And you began studying about the Archons in your ancient world um, because they they existed all over this galaxy and many other galaxies at that that point in history. And many, many very advanced spacefaring races understood that there was going to be a challenge coming up many million years, years in the future about the philosophy of influencing another species during its growth process to become part of mechanical commerce that pays in a hierarchical order to those above it and uses the the wages and labor to limit other beings. Now, Mm -hmm. the Archons do it at the most highest level where they're affecting the spirits at what level they incarnate. And this is why this material has affected you so much this lifetime because you've studied its negative impacts on so much and your desire to return to your home world is so that you can take what you have learned here and begin teaching it to the rest of the galaxy and universe about beings that are abusing our divine co-creative power. Yeah. Okay. So about how long ago did you go through your awakening process? Um, I never fully went to sleep because I have guidance, I have been talking to me all my life and yeah. reminding me that I was here for a purpose. Uh, sometimes it got really hard because I was interfered by the Archons really heavily <laughs> all my life. But um, I have a lot of help and assistance from the guidance world. Oh yes, you do. <laughs> I want you to. Know, uh, I want you to. I want you to know something. The reason you have been heavily affected by the archons this lifetime is because you know all their bag of tricks. Yes. Okay. And yes. I, I, you, when you heard me talk about the archons, it was probably very revealing for you and a little bit scary. Yes. Yes. So what, what I'm saying to you is you now need to take your experience of what the archons have interacted with you and begin writing yes. it in your native language. Because there are okay. tens of millions of people who will know from the Spanish language your natural, your natural process and then translate it to English at a future date. This is for you to take serious the, the, the facts that you never did go to sleep. That means you have a tremendously long story to tell that has teachings in it about how lower entity beings can be abused by higher entity beings in ways that we never would consider are even abuse. By giving light to a being that is very low density changes its divine process and course in which it's going to experience. So when an archon gives great amount of light to a being, it's with intent for it to fail. Yes. Okay? And that is something that you have to take on the next level. Am I ready to write a memoir? Am I ready to write a story that that emulates what I've been through so people can understand the subject matters and the scale and size in which abuse happens? To write about the philosophy of the archons. I'm sure you understand it at some level. Well. Okay. I want to bring Kathy in here now and to talk to you and she's going to come at you from a very different angle. Thank you very much. Hi, Rosanna. Hi, Kathy. It seems like you've got a lot going on in your life right now. Do you have a lot of family stuff going on? Yes. I've been through a divorce of uh, being that I love very much. And I have two kids and I'm planning to move. But uh, in order to 
uh, unfollow this uh, truth, I uh, went in into an inner journey. Then I had a financial consequence, uh, career consequences, and family consequences. But it was all worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, you've been through a lot. <laughs> every, every second, every mm -hmm. lesson. <laughs> Yeah, well, when I look at your energy, to me, it's like you've got so much stuff going on for you. Um, but family is very highlighted for me. Um, one of the things I would say is that if you've um, separated from your husband, whatever energy that you and he had is in the past. But the energy yes. that exists between you now still does exist. It's just morphed yes. into a different form. Just yes. know that eventually this will become a positive friendship it's hard to yeah. imagine it right now um and you know things are said you can't unring a bell but over time you will find that you both will morph into a let, let's call it a comfortable relationship it, it, a comfortable it, friendship it, it, it is already he's my best friend uh we have an amazing relationship we have problems with our daughter because we have such a great relationship Mm -hmm. She thinks that we're going to go back together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they always do. Amazing, <laughs> he's an amazing being and I have so much love for him. And mm. I know he does too. So we have a very good, we just divorced as boyfriend and girlfriend, but uh, we still have family. He's my family. Uh, and I have much love and respect for him like ever before, more than mm -hmm. any, any other time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's very good news. That's very positive because yeah. I can see that you definitely will have a very harmonious relationship with him. It'll, it'll be different, just but harmonious, right. which is great. Um, right. But to go to my the children, of, sorry. My only source of suffering is when I don't see him well, like uh, he's, he's not happy with his life and everything. So maybe that's what you're picking up when I suffer for the last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, could be, could be. To me, it's like there, uh, between the two of you, it's like there are things that are still have been left unsaid. So you both will uh -huh. say stuff to each other, but that's okay. I mean, it's it's yeah. a morphing of relationship. That's your overall um, end result is positive. So that's all good. Great. Um, <laughs> but mentioning your children, you have a daughter, right? Did you say daughter? Yes. Is yes. she the elder one? Yes. Mm. She's 11. Because mm. for me, when I look at her, I say that these few years are going to be very turbulent for her. So you can expect a lot of change within her personality. I mean, I guess yes. if she's 11, that, that would be normal. <laughs> You're about to enter the adolescence. Um, but to me, I see that she's going to have a kind of tough time. Um, and friends yes. are going to be difficult for her. And it has nothing to do with her. It's just the people that surround her and not. Yes. as easy or as simple as one would hope for. So if she starts to develop um, a bit more loneliness or she's more withdrawn or, or a bit more difficult, it's it's because of this. And there's really not much you can do about that. Um, the only thing I could really suggest would be if you could find a, a what you call like a physical sporting kind of hobby for her during this time so that she yes. has a distraction and an outlet, that would be great. Yes. But it will only be a few years, and, and then things will calm back down for her. 
But if you start to see, you know, the withdrawn, the teary or the grumpy, just don't worry about it. it it's just, a, you know, an unfortunate change that she'll have to go through, but it will end. Um, oh, I also think that she has a, what I would call a greatering, greatering of circumstance. And for someone that age, that would mean that she's going to do well in an academic subject or a, yes. a competition that she's about to enter. So this year, she's got a lot of um, great things coming in terms of achieving great things. So that's something very good to look forward to her, uh, for her, and also for her self-esteem. It'll be fantastic. Great. great. And then, she loves academics. She's, she's very bright. Oh, yes, yes. She, she <laughs> is very bright. And she'll end up doing something that completely surprises you, but she'll love it. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you. But oh, great. You will be very proud of what she becomes and what she ends up doing with her life. Great. Yeah. Um, but sorry, just to uh, jump back to you, when I look at what's going on for you and in terms of work and finances, I think that you'll find the latter part of the year, probably September onwards, things will pick up for you. There'll be great change that comes for you. But until then, it's still going to be a bit tough. Um, there'll be some tough times. So just keep persevering. Have faith that things will yes. come good because they will. It's just going to take yes. a little bit of time. Don't be disheartened or despondent when things don't work before then. Great. I'm planning to move to another city to the season I am now on September. So that's great news. <laughs> mm. in, in the same country? Yes, in the same country. Mm. My Is it near water? Uh, yes, on the ocean. Mm. Ah, well, that's good because I see water. So yes. that is good. I think the water, anything the way, where you can see water will be good for you. Yes, I need to be in the water more than any other time now. Uh, in the ocean, I live in a place where magnificent beaches. And uh, now I'm moving to another one who also is like that. And I make my <laughs> ceremonies in the water. I always uh, take people on the water. Uh, uh, we did the revocations all on the ocean. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think so the water is a great thing for you, and, and especially when the breeze comes in off the water. For you, yes. it's like a cleansing. You know, I can yes. feel it. I can feel it on my face. It, it, it wakens you up in so many different ways. And yes. your senses are so heightened when that happens. So that's yes. great that that's coming up for you. Good for you. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cathy. <laughs> You're welcome. Is there something else you'd like to ask us? Million uh, things, but not today. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> I'm going to take more time. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling. No, you're very, 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 very thanks. I'm very thankful for all that you do, guys. And we are thankful for you calling in also. So remind yourself that, that you, you are on the right path right now, that your experiences that you've had that has led you to this point is now helping you see the bigger scale in which you can begin to help millions and millions of other people by going into the roots of your story, beginning to tell your esoteric concepts, separate what are external dogmas of, of things that, that need to be said in a form that so they are no longer dogmas. You will find a great inspiration when you start telling this truth and you start putting it in a written format. Great. Thank you very much. All right, darling, you have a really good day. It's been a pleasure you talking too. to you. You too. You too. 
Much love to you guys. Much love Thank to you, Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, Kathy, we're going to move on to our next caller, 952. Your name and where you're calling from. Hi, Andrew. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Your name? My name is Irina, and currently I'm in Salt Lake City. Southwest where? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Irina yeah. from Salt Lake City. How are you doing today, and what kind of questions do you want to ask? Uh, I have a question about my abdominal area. Um, what's the purpose for me to have condition I have in my abdominal area, and what am I achieving having that condition? All right, I had a little trouble understanding you. There was some background noise we were saying. Can you say that again? Yes, I have a condition in my abdominal area. And uh, my question of what is purpose for me to have that condition? And All right, so what, what's going on in your stomach? What's going on in the abdominal area? Abdominal area, it's uh, fibroids, uh, uterine and uh, uh, ovarian something they can't even define what is that so and it's kind of like growth okay did you have nightmares as a teenager growing up i don't remember my dreams when i was little at all but i remember waking up resting and um, happy i don't remember anything you don't remember ever having nightmares no Okay. Well, 99.9% of the time when there's anything that is a tumor, a fibroid, a growth that's in the abdominal area, that's in the, the ovaries, in the testes, in the penis, or any other of the, the sexual organs that extend to the intestinal tract, you are dealing with um, scenarios where you had heavy levels of nightmares and day terrors that has now turned the psychic trauma many decades later into this direct manifest. So at some point you were heavily, heavily influenced by something very negative that was draining life force from you. I'm going to go back to age 11. This is where I think that it began. Um, it began to feed off of you during school times, um, making you depressed and shy. And when you got home, it would trigger somebody in the family to have arguments in which you would then go deeper inside yourself and retract yourself from the world. And then when it was time to go to sleep, you were so retracted out of your body, you wouldn't even remember the nightmares that you were having. And I think this process of you being very awake and very aware of your world is, and then being unawake and not aware of your world happens regularly in your lifetime. That there's a process of every three to four months you're there, and then three to four months later you're not there. And every time you come back, you are looking to find out what's going on and what's changing and not discovering any change because the original traumas that you, you have suffered from are still there, still present, and you will only see the manifest that you have in your intestinal tract and your abdomen. Mm. Have you done the contract revocations? Yes, yes. Did you? What did you feel when you were doing them? I feel myself much stronger and more free. And I need to repeat many, many, many times. It doesn't work from first time. 
Well, in, in the general nature of the contract revocations, the more that you do them, the more effective you get at doing them. So you're right. You do need to do them more more than once, and you need to do them out loud with bravado and power <clears throat> behind them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Without the bravado and power behind them, you are just a meek person saying words, and then for the environment to ultimately understand that you are trying to set your divine sovereign boundaries, you have to put energy behind it. And then it requires you to upkeep behind that. That means you need to do regular ceremonies to cleaning out the house, regular ceremonies that protect the four corners of your bed, staging of the house, the classic spiritual hygiene scenarios that give you the best chance at beginning to understand why you are having these issues. And then how to release these issues in the various forms of, of getting energy healers to work on you, of getting yourself into self-healing and self-nurturing processes. <clears throat> All right, 780, you're going to have to mute or we're going to have to hang up on you. All right, so you are in a scenario where you have to take the active power of the contract revocation and apply it to every other part of your life. You have I these do. issues. You have no. You, you technically you're not if you're having these issues. Okay, you have to see my perspective of of reading the Akashic records of twenty thousand worlds, reading over ten thousand people this lifetime, and running into this exact scenario: fibroids, cysts. They are almost always ninety nine percent of the time from entity possession when they were young, and now many decades later, when you're old, you have no clue that that's where it came from. Until you go into your own personal story, into your personal life, and understand that you had very depressive times as a child, which are now affecting you as the adult. And the releasing of that inner child energy may require hypnosis, may require a form of energy healing that has a somatic release, where you are crying and crying and crying as the energy comes out of the plane and the trauma spot. spot. Now, I want to bring Kathy in here and to talk about trauma removal, inspiration, being a woman who has to live in this world and all the things that women have to deal with versus men. Mm -hmm. Hi, Irina. Um, Hi, Kathy. The first thing I see when I look at your energy is the blockages that you're talking about in terms of energy. Everything from like the, the base of your rib cage down to the middle of your thighs to me, all blocked very difficult to move kind of energy i'd imagine that you feel tired a lot um exhausted at some times for no particular reason you know even when you wake up you're fresh half an hour later you're exhausted and for me this is all about an energy blockage that is affecting you um both physically mentally emotionally um I know that you mentioned that the medical profession had not been able to really give you a definitive um, diagnosis. Can I ask you this? Uh, when they checked, um, you know, all that area, did the the blockage or cyst or whatever they call it, did it appear to move a bit? Like one day they would check it, it's in roughly this spot, and then like a few weeks later they might check it and it's moved a little bit? It's moving, yes. In size, changing. It's smaller than bigger, so it's changing, yes. Yeah. Uh, because I ask you this, because th- this energy, this type of situation, I- I've actually seen it before with someone else, and um, they ended up not-, not getting a very good answer either. 
But mm-hmm. to me, the best I can describe what I see, it's like having a, a pocket of liquid or a pocket of air that's inside. Mm-hmm. And because of the nature of your body, you move every day, it does move. You know what I mean? If you can imagine you had like a, a, a water bubble or an air bubble that's half the size of your palm inside you, every time you move or, you know, flip open the bed, of course it would move because it goes with your body. And that's the kind of, let's call it an energetic um, way of looking at it. So in theory, the, the solution, of course, is to be able to drain that out, right? If you were to drain out the air or the liquid, then that would dissipate. So this is one of the things I would like you to try um, that might assist you a little bit in in shrinking or or dissipating some of it. And that's um, something that I've talked about previously as well. It's uh, the lymphatic. So for a start, I would like you to be able to see someone who specializes in lymphatic drainage because when your lymphatic system is sluggish um, a lot of things cannot get eliminated from your body so anything that you have in there that's excess or shouldn't be there is very difficult for the body to reabsorb or eliminate so you need to get some lymphatic drainage going Um, for yourself what you could do is you could massage the lymphatic nodes that you have in your own body so the easiest ones to do are all the ones under your and near your armpit both armpits and in your groin area like in the crease of your body to leg um we're going to music can you just hold on and we'll continue welcome back and for those of you who are interested in a private session at the want to go deeper with your questions with either andrew or myself Go ahead and call the office now at 360-894-0692 and they will be happy to answer any questions that you have. Irina, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, so I was talking about the self-massaging for the lymphatic system. So if you can do those two areas yourself and get some lymphatic drainage, I think you will notice that there is going to be a difference in your health condition in that blockage area. Um, And once you start to see the difference, I think that you will start to view everything a little bit differently with what's going on with you and your um, physical condition. And then from that point onwards, you can move forward again with at least a little bit more confidence and um, knowledge about what's going on for yourself with your own body. Does that make sense for you? Yes. It makes sense. Okay. I, I thought I, I, I thought I I would like to try cannabis oil. How do you see it or how it will work? Um, you mean to rub it on on your body, or do you mean to take it? And yes, and to, uh, like a lotion, and to take it. Yes. Yes, I think that you'll find that that does give you um, quite a bit of movement so that would be a good thing uh probably also you should consider colonics and detox for heavy metals because all that will all be collected in those kind of areas that you're mentioning so these are things that you can do yourself that will give you more control over what's going on with the body and your life so once you can see some changes going on it will really help you see a lot at the end of the tunnel for this it won't feel so overwhelming 
Um, one of the other things I see a lot with you is you must have quite a bit of mood swing. Do you have days where you just are like suddenly like that, you're super depressed, and then other days you're just like, Rah! you're like a lion, and then other days you're just like very mellow for apparently no reason? I was before. Now it's rare, but before, yeah. Mm. When I look at this, to me, it's a lot is related to the blockage of energy. Like... Mm -hmm. Don't beat yourself up so much. It's not that you're overreacting to other people or external influences. You know, occasionally, yeah, maybe a little overreaction, but most of it is coming from within you. So when these things happen, just like I, I would look at it more like, oh, well, okay, not my finest hour, but never mind, move on. Don't keep that with you. Like, don't worry about it. Don't torture yourself about what you could have done better or how you could have handled it. These things, as you progress with getting yourself, you know, more on track, more healthy, etc., will automatically um, decrease these kind of mood swings that happen for you. Um, okay. And another thing that you, um, that's, that's coming up is, do you have um, some relationship issues sometimes? I mean, on the physical side, do you feel that you, I don't know, what is the word, um, you know, things aren't working well for you in, in that area sometimes and you just can't explain it, you, you just, you want it but you just can't get that fulfillment out of it? Yeah, this was my second question. Ah. <laughs> See, Andrew would have known this for sure. In fact, I'm sure he does know it. <laughs> You know, just let's put it like this. I'll, I'll leave part of this for Andrew to deal with because he, he'll have an excellent um, reason for this happening. But one of the things I want you to know is that you can get through this. It is not going to be something that you're going to go through with, you know, for the rest of your life. Think of it more like a phase in your life. And once you complete going through the phase, you'll get back in the saddle and it won't be a problem. So have confidence that that is going to happen for you. Um, and part of this this issue, uh, you know, does stem from trust as well. And, you know, as we get older and with each relationship that happens to us in our lives, often we have difficulty learning to trust again and feel completely at ease and free and um, safe uh, with a partner and that will come for you again so just know that it's going to happen it is possible it's just a process that you will have to go through and again it's not something that you have to have an, as a burden in your mind very well said Kathy so Irina um, yes. as I've been listening here and going deep into to reading you it really feels like you pretty much don't ever want to have sex again it feels like whatever the sexual dysfunction that was projected at you it you took it on from someone else was there someone that you were with that just really screwed you up and just hasn't given you the pleasure and now all these years later you're still struggling with it you know i don't remember experiences like this at all So you don't remember you don't remember taking on the energies of others, you know, maybe somebody that might have been a little I don't know, 
cutting of your energy, insulting at times, and you taking it and not talking back, being passive. Yes, this um, this pattern repeats again and again. But you see, in my conscious, I don't perceive it like abuse. I'm just in waiting mode. I'm not active. I'm just waiting when things change. And this is actually my condition. So it's like it's nothing coming. I just wait. So there's nothing. When is the last time you you've you've been with a, a man that has given you pleasure? Uh, I'm now in relationships, and um, it, it's very nice relationships. Um, but something, really something like this time, uh, it's not enough time, on, or it's like not proper situation. But when it happens, it's perfect. Okay, what makes it a not the proper situation? Tired. Okay, he's tired or you're tired? He. He is. And there, again, is, is putting you into this passive acceptance mode. Yes. Which then triggers your body to go through, why am I not being accepted? Woe is me, shame, blame, guilt, yes. shame, blame, guilt. It's a never-ending process that you have to remove yourself from. Mm. Just because something is stable doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm. You, are in a state, well, you are in a state where your body's beginning to show you the blockages of energy. Now, the things that Kathy said were very true and tr very to the point. That little bubble or pocket or pocket of energy that, that's moving around is now building up and taking density and causing you to take notice of it. Notice enough to go and see a doctor. And you're not getting the results from the doctor that you want, which once again puts you in passive mode and unable to have a process. This is where you need to take a very active hands-on healing concept. You need to go see someone that is a different form of, a, of, of an energy specialist and not a doctor. Someone that is like a cranial sacral therapist. Now, in Utah and all over the country, cranial sacral therapy is widely accepted and used. You know, I could recommend a dozen different types of healing techniques, but those techniques ultimately are not going to get to the source of what's going on in your female parts, in your intestinal tract, in your stomach, so on and so forth. The process of fibroids, the process of tumors, in the, or cysts, or anything else that exists, they're saying that there is a major dysfunction of energy. And you need to have those energy cysts removed. Cranial sacral therapy will bring cranial pulse to your tailbone. You'll begin to discover that the sacral to the left and right of your tailbone are so blocked that you actually can't get cranial pulse to your sciatic nerves, which means you are very disconnected from your legs, which makes it very hard to pull in the energy of the earth everywhere you go. It's like you're constantly just keeping one nostril above the water so you can breathe. Mm. Yeah. So you need to take very serious ritualism and protecting the four corners of your bed so that you can begin to have connective dream sleep again. Being disconnected from your dreams at that level where you don't remember any of them other than a handful of things that pop out here or there is saying that there is a dreaming dysfunction there. It means at some point you stop trusting the dreaming world. 
Sounds like me. There you go. How does one start to trust again? That's your challenge you're facing right now. Because once you are able to trust again, you will get a tremendous amount of energy that returns to you, allows you to grow and thrive instead of just barely surviving. This is where you have to be disciplined. And much like the first caller of the show, learning muscle testing. So you can discover what is you being meek and passive and not actively promoting yourself to get the treatments that you need so you can self-heal and self-nurture. Now, I'm not telling you to leave the relationship. What I'm saying is change the very nature of the relationship so you are no longer put into the passive mode. If he doesn't want to have relations with you, then you have to say, what is wrong? Why can you not have relations with me? We need to have a form of truth. It's not that I don't want, I want the relationship to end, but I just want there to be truth enough between us so that we can say if there is something wrong, we can try to work on it. That changes the nature of the relationship. Men and women have been talking about sex in their elderly times since the dawn of time. Yeah. Trust yourself enough to have the conversation, to not blow up in the conversation, but talk from a heart-spelt face of a, a place of a person who wants com- true companionship, where they can share their thoughts, feelings, emotions, and desires with a person that they love, so ultimately the person that they love can do the same thing of sharing their thoughts, dreams, desires, and motivations. And if those desires and motivations cross over, you do something together. And if they don't, you share in each other's experience by watching them go out and do it with joy and happiness. Mm. That's a co-creative relationship. You are not in that now. You are in a passive, meek relationship. Mm. And you're not that kind of woman innately. But for the last few years, you've had to deal with that. And now you are the one who has to begin to change the process by changing the boundaries, by changing the way you express yourself. You know, you said years before the angry times would come when Kathy was describing it, and now you know it comes very less. Well, there's a yep. reason. You gave up on being angry. Yep. It wasn't doing anything for you. Now you have to give up on giving up. <laughs> And that's, that's a hard truth that made you laugh right there. You got to give up on giving up and take some solid, heartfelt action in this world. You know, it may require some physical training for you to, let's say, go out and learn a martial arts class where you give yourself, you know, 15 classes, one a week for the next 15 weeks, and you make sure you go there and put your all of your all in it or a musical instrument, something that gets your spiritual locomotion moving so you no longer have to be the meek person waiting for someone to touch you with love. Okay. Because you need that loving touch. Okay. Darling, I must, have- I, I must move on to the next caller. This has been really special. You have been a special teacher to many, many people who are in such a similar situation as you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, darling. You have a great day. Our next caller, 780, your name and where you're calling from? Oh, hi, Andrew. Uh, My name is Vincent. I'm calling from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. 
Oh, Vincent from know. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the show. What kind of Thank questions you. you want to ask? Uh, I want to know my health and uh, where I, I, I am in life and uh, a lot of loss kind of in life. So, Okay. Well, I want to bring Kathy in here real quick to talk about from the medical perspective of what she sees. Hi, Vincent. Hi. When you say um, like health, what do you have a specific thing that seems to be on your mind? Well, I got uh, um, some sort of neck problems, and when I sit too long, I always uh, aching mm -hmm. neck and shoulder, mm -hmm. and, and also my hips. Mm -hmm. Okay, I ask you this question because to me there seem to be two things highlighted. Um, not exactly what you, you've described, but it makes sense to me because it's related. Um, one of them is um, between your shoulder blades. To me, it looks like you've got some uh, muscles that are all too taut there. It's probably, um, some of it would be from uh, posture, sitting at a desk, etc. But I think you've probably injured it slightly um, a while ago, maybe moving furniture or something. Um, I don't think it was a sports injury. To me, it looks like it was an everyday something where you've lifted something incorrectly and you've pulled some of the muscles there. And because all that tension is there and that um, stressor, it's affecting the rest, the upper part of your body because the upper part of your body is all supported by that, uh, you know, between your um, uh, shoulder blades. So for me, you need to find someone to help you loosen that up, straighten that back out again. So whether it's a masseuse, cranial sacral, something like this, um, I doubt chiropractic really would help you as much because to me it looks like muscle and ligaments more than the actual bone movement. So if you can um, go to any of those kind of healers, and just tell them your, your, your issue. I'm sure they'll pinpoint the same point of um, where it's coming from. But because of that, it's affecting, you know, things like your neck, etc. because your upper body can't hold it um, upright as it should. Yeah. And the other thing to me that is highlighted is that it's, um, to me, it's, it's like you've got a something, an energy or something weird going on with your um, testes kind of area. Um, Which area, sorry? Your testes, you know, the, the um, groin area. Um, okay, yeah. And for me, I look at that and it, it's like it's it's like an intermittent blockage. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine you don't really get intermittent pain, but it's like that uncomfortable where, I mean, of course, all men have to adjust themselves a bit. But to me, it's like you have to do it. You're compensating a lot more. And I, I'm just going to call it there's a, some sort of blockage in there. Um, what I'd like you to do is definitely get someone like a cranial sacral to do some work on that lower body um, because to me, it, once you can release all the um, ligaments and muscle in that whole area and surrounding area, so that's like let's say from your hip down to the bottom of your buttocks, all that area, you will find that you get a lot of release in the in the groin area, um, which you will think, wow, I didn't even realize I had that issue. I just thought it was a bloke thing. It, it really, it's not just a bloke thing. It, you've just got something, let's call it tra energy trap there, um, that you need to release and, 
iron out, let's call it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it <laughs> without <laughs> visually being very graphic describing it. <laughs> okay. But I, I think once you have one or two sessions uh, on that area, you'll know exactly what I mean because you will just feel so different and you'll just feel even more energetic. You'll feel, um, you know, like a, let's yeah. call it like a young man again. <laughs> I feel I have no energy all day. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's weird. Some things, like some some solutions for people are very simple, but the result is very miraculous. And for you, in your case, that will be one of these situations. Okay. Um, and then another thing I would say, sometimes you get um, a little bit, I'm not going to call them headaches, but it's at the front the front of your head, a little bit above your forehead, it's like a tightness. And that, to me, is like you don't have enough air. Like wherever you're sitting a lot, you don't have enough fresh air or movement of air coming in. So you really need to look at where you are spending a lot of your time, whether it's in front of the telly or in front of the computer, and consider you know, opening a window for some of it, get some oxygen coming in. Because whenever you're in stale air, that's when it happens to you a lot okay. um, and you'll also find that you know when you're in that situation you probably your eyes are like bugging out of your sockets a little bit too you know what I mean it's like you're tense but you're not tense you know like yeah, wild coyote yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's it's as simple as oxygen in the air <laughs> okay. it, it sounds very too basic to be true but really it is have a look at the environment that you're in and if you can't change any of it at least put a fan in there so you have air circulating you know put a little um, aromatherapy diffuser in there so you have some essential oil being fanned around even those tiny little things will make a difference I got a question are you a smoker I used to smoke <laughs> a lot a lot yeah like how much a lot like a pack a day. Okay, that, that's but not I quit. that much. It's, it's not like four packs a day. I think what you are, 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 are really, really what God's going on here is the leftovers of the habit of smoking have taught you to take short, fast breaths. And I think at a very subtle level, this is causing your heart rate to go up and down. And so everything that Kathy is talking about has to do with an oral fixation that may have been related to your sexual time. Um, where where you things were going right for you, and I, and Kathy is right on that. In you you have something going on in the testy area, and I and I think whatever process you went through with being with women, one of your testicles took on the energy of the woman. Um, and I, I see this regularly. You just really really have a great release, and then afterwards. You're trying to fill in the energy of the of, of the woman who maybe have not had a bigger release as you, and you're trying to send them energy direct from your testy. It's a spiritual mechanical process. But sometimes energy comes back that isn't the right energy for you, and it's stuck there. And it's actually created a blockage um, all throughout your lower your lower area that is stopping your kundalini energy from rising between the left and the right testicle to make the unraveling snake. Oh. Okay. Do you practice yoga at all? I tried a few times and then I sort of gave up. <laughs> um, uh, and that's probably yeah, yeah. I I would look into Kundalini yoga. Kundalini. 
Okay. Kundalini yoga. And you, there's plenty of books on it. Um, you can get videos online and begin to do it. At some point, you're probably going to need some form of teacher, even if it's not a kundalini yoga teacher, just so you make sure you're doing the poses right. You are better off not doing poses than doing poses wrong. Okay. It's okay, very important that you pay attention because what you're doing is releasing energy that isn't yours, yet somehow you have taken on that is yours. And once that's gone, you're going to have both sides of your kundalini unraveling all the time. It's like that, like part of your, like just one side of the double snakes unraveling in you, which makes things very tough sometimes. Okay. So, what do you do for a job? Um, I usually work in the restaurant and also, uh, I'm doing a window tinting, like for automo- automotive. And, uh, so that's like a side job, you tint windows. Yes. And also, um, worked in bakery before. <laughs> so, so nothing, I mean, yeah, no, nothing that is of your own business nature. And I think that's your next process. You need to stop working for other people and build your dreams and create your own business. Well, I'm sort of lost in life. I don't know what to do no more. I mean... Then make it your business of discovering what your business is. To no longer be a person that is lost, but a person that is searching and a searching point that has an end. There are so many things that I could recommend for somebody that's in a lost stage. That starts with finding yourself, going out and picking up books on starting your own business. Go out and picking up books on, on, on becoming a different person. Healing is one of those things that you could easily do if you should truly put your heart space into it. I want to, get, I want to heal myself. But I mean, I just have so much stuff going to my head. Just, And only you can stop the stuff going through your head by understanding that it's just a distraction. It's just a distraction. How how do I get a clear mind then? I mean... How does one get a clear mind? The question that that is an eternal question. What is a clear mind? Do you truly honestly know what a clear mind is? The answer is yes. You just know the answer is yes. You've just never put it into your own perspective. When you're at the restaurant and you're 40 orders deep and you decide not to give up and you put the 40 orders out and nothing comes back with complaints, that's clarity. Yeah. Driving a car and not hitting someone is clarity. When you apply it to the micro of your life, all right, all these things are going through my head. All this stuff is going on. Only I can turn it off. Only I can give it focus. Only I can give it direction. It starts by journaling all of the things that are inside your head so they're no longer inside your head but manifest on paper so you can begin to put dates on a calendar and take care of those things and create goals and give yourself guidance. All right, everyone, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for everyone calling in. Thank you, Kathy, for an incredible, incredible show. And we'll catch you next week. At, at this same time.